Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Shift. I hope you're having a lovely week. Uh, this week's guest is Stephen Campbell. He's a comedian based here in New York City, and we chat about therapy. So Stephen is really open. He talks about his personal trauma and his journey with therapy, and he shares like a horror therapy story. So that's what this episode's about. We also chat a bit up top just about comedy and how we became friends. But if you want to see the video for this, it's on the Patreon as usual. So Patreon forward slash The Shift Podcast, and that's pay what you want. And there's solo episodes up there as well. Anyway, enjoy this episode, and I'll talk to you next week. This is Stephen Campbell, who uses coconut oil on his face. Also a fellow comedian, and we ran, we ruined, we ruined people's lives with our Zoom shows last summer. But that's what got us through the pandemic. Yeah, very much so. We met through, through pandemic Zoom shows. Well, we had one show that was in a bar... That was a bad sports bar show, and then that was the only time we had met in person before the pandemic, and then we just, you know, we just had a a virtual chemistry. You know, what happened was um, some guy got, like, really mad at me, and it made me upset, and then you were very nice, and then I was like, oh my god, this happened, and I just, like, emotionally dumped on you, and then we became (laughs) friends. Yeah, Yeah, right. No, I remember what you were... What he was getting mad about was that you said they're called Nikes. <gasps> oh, and yeah. he's like, they're fucking called Nikes. And I, I don't remember all the context outside of that, but that's the only part that really vividly he was I very mad about your pronunciation of. It was crazy. Um, So I said to him, I like, I love your Nikes. And he was like, they're Nikes. And I was like, Oh, uh, we call them night, or we call them nice where I'm from. And he goes, "Well, you're in America, call them what they are." <laughs> and I went, "Okay, well then, if we're gonna, we should really figure out what they call them in China, because I'm pretty sure that's where they're made." Mm, and I right. was just like joking. And then he was like, "Where are you from?" And I said, "Ireland." And he goes, "I've been to the UK. They say Nikes." And I was like, "But I'm from the country." <laughs> well, we won't even explain the rest because I'm not even getting into it. But it was wildly insane and i was like stephen campbell you do not know me but what the fuck just happened and he was very nice it brought us together it brought us brought us together sometimes bad shit can you know it forge friendships and then stephen asked me to do his it was like an online instagram show one-on-one and then i was like oh Stephen has his shit together and i have ideas but i don't know how to put ideas into place you're the maker i try to put ideas together i feel like i have too many things that i'm trying to put together and that my brain is also is often very chaotic but at that point in time we were able to get it together yeah, pretty quickly so i was like can we do a zoom show together and he was like yeah and then we had a bunch of zoom shows and then side note it was so funny because i think this is funny did i say this on the episode with natalie me and natalie cuomo touched on how uh, comedians will just ask for a show like shows or be upset 
like it's totally fine asking for shows but kind of demand it I don't know actually if we said this on the podcast but um how people get upset when you're doing well like comedians and sure. like you don't deserve this and it's like shut the fuck up sure. like there's no one is guaranteed anything in life and no one is entitled to anything if someone gets something that's fine instead of being like fuck you how do they do that you should be like oh I could do that too and so I get annoyed when people demand spots off me because sure. I'm not really I don't even book our show I'm a disaster with it I'm like last minute who's free yeah right <laughs> you know it's, it's not always like, the day of yeah and we knew we wouldn't even want to book comedians that we like for that show that Monday show because <laughs> it's a nightmare it's basically like for the listeners it's kind of like a outdoor show open mic me Steven and Lindsay running on a sidewalk on a sidewalk there's usually a dog interrupts you there's sometimes the cops are one called. motorcycle per set <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah someone is like shouting and like being like what is this and you're like i told you 15 minutes but they just get so drunk it's oh, yeah it's really painful but it, it it is more if you are, are like okay i have a couple of club shows this week and i really want to run this new story so it's more for yourself it's more like getting out and like running the words not for laughs not to see mm. if it works um it's more like going up and running your monologue uh <laughs> But yeah, so when people ask me, like, oh, can you do your shows? I'm like, what shows? I'm not booking you for it. And I, I, me and Lindsay do the trans fans show. But actually, a lot of the time, we'll, if we're not there, we get someone else to book it. Anyway, this is a long rant. But today I got a message going, book me on your shows. And then just the... That, that same message. It literally just started, so book, me with you, book me on your shows. And then I've done this, this, this. Here's the clip. And I was just like, go fuck yourself. Like, I'm not, I, I don't even know. I don't even remember the guy's name. I just got that message today. There was no like, hey, how you doing? It would be nice if you, it would be, could I please have a moment of your time? Maybe I could come out to check a show out. There's all these different things that he could have mad lib inserted into it. But it just started with book me on your show. Which is wild. It's totally wild. And I saw someone in my, in my, one of my uh, female comedian friends in her close friends Instagram story had shared it and she uh, scribbled out his name and I was like okay so he sent this to a bunch of people so I messaged back being like is this a joke and he was <laughs> like uh, no and I said well firstly you should ask if the person books shows because I actually don't really book shows the only one I do is at QED and that is booked out and I also say that we have like a producer but we will at some stage sure sure <laughs> Um, so we've already set up an email for when we do have the producer, even though I've been running that show for seven, nearly <laughs> like six, over six years and I'm still waiting to get this producer who'll book for me, but whatever. Right, right. Um, so I was like, you can email this email, but other than that, like you should check first if the person has shows or if they're even booking and a hello would be nice. Right. And then they, and I was like, I'm just so confused. And they're like, oh my God, I sent this message out to so many people. I'm going to get canceled. And I was like, yeah, it, it just reads as rude. Plus you're a man. And in like right. comedy and, right and now, you're was, demanding. Oh. And he was just the whitest dude ever. <laughs> Which in New York City, yeah, is not going to fly. Doesn't, doesn't make, uh, you don't have a lot of currency as a straight white dude. trying No, to get but just say hello and be nice. And like, okay, the email, it'd be like walking into an office and being like, hire me now right. no what or you're just trying to sell some shit and you're just like buy now he's doing the instagram ad 
of yeah, gross. trying to uh, court some stage time. Yeah, and right now when there's not a lot of spots available, it, it is literally, it's like in a recession walking up to a business and being like, hire me! And right. they're like, there's, uh, most people are on unemployment. They're, no, now we're, de- you're the least, I'm like, right. not to be bad to him, but he's put himself, he's made himself unbookable by that message. No one is going to watch that tape. Yeah. No one gives a fuck about your credits. Also, also if you, if you put the YouTube link in the Instagram ad, you can't click that link. So now you're asking me to go fucking uh-huh. URL that whole ass YouTube link to even watch your set. So I don't I don't remember his name, um, but I I definitely deleted the message. Yeah, I I know him because he booked me on his show once and it was the worst show ever that I would. You know, sometimes people book you on a show and they're really doing it because they would love to do your show. They're trying to connect and network or whatever. But I'm like, if you book people on that show that I did, he must. I thought he must hate me. It was on a <laughs> sidewalk, a bicycle. Same way I would book people for our sure. Monday show. A bicycle cycled by me. Uh, it's, it was a nightmare. He had me waiting around. And he's like, I'm not ungrateful for this spot. But like, I don't know. Maybe give people. I always tell people when they when I do, when I go, oh, you're free tonight. We need people over at Alewife. Like, it's a shit show. I always tell people um, that, yes. Although, right now, we're telling all the listeners, go to that show at Alewife. And then it will be less of a shit Do show. Not. And then if also, you're in time, come to the QED. It's anybody that's Friday. watching this on Patreon, Transplant. you can see that I have created <laughs> what looks like angel wings under my tits with sweat. <laughs> what you can't see is that he has his foot up on the desk. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm. That's why I'm so laid back right now. You know why I went on this rant? Is this so, okay to put my Of course, foot? Oh, okay. if you're comfortable, uh, just don't take take your dick out or anything. That'd be in a That's how I get comfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm that's Louis what, C.K. Yeah. Um. No. The reason why I went on that rant is because when we were hosting that Zoom show, and it's just reminded me because of what me and Natalie touched on last week. This guy messaged me and he goes, book me on your Zoom show. Or how do I, no, sorry, he said, how do I get on your Zoom show? And I just didn't reply. And three days later, he messaged me going, I, I asked, how do I sign? I asked, how do oh, I sign wow. up for your, for your Zoom show? And it's just like mental. That's sort of, and I messaged back saying, firstly, the Zoom show is for comedians because it was a charity show, remember? For comedians who had lost their job because we're doing like a tip base, oh, we're charging right, tickets. Right. I about that so part. we're purposely not booking anybody who has a job, and you didn't lose your job in the pandemic. Secondly, if I don't respond to your message straight away, do not demand an answer from me. Right. And then three months later, someone was like, "Oh, such and such looks like this person." And when I went onto their Instagram to see, like, I didn't even notice for three months he had blocked me on everything. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, whatever, loser. That's fine. And then when I started dating Leland, he like knows him. They're not friends, but he was like kept like sharing Instagram stories of him every week. Him and Leland go to the same mic, and it would just come up as a black square on Le- on Leland's page because I obviously can't see him because the guy blocked oh, me. Oh wow, you get blocked like that. I didn't realize it blocking was that uh it's so rude yeah and then i was like leland a traitor um but also like no i don't care but then i guess he found out me and lena were dating and i'm presuming this is why or else he's just like he's just so mental he unblocked me on everything and re-added me on uh, facebook as a friend and i was like nah bitch so then i blocked him back i was like okay we're not no you're not getting i'm not <laughs> i've never in, in my all my years of internet blocked somebody i've blocked so many because there's so many crazy motherfuckers who message me or say some crazy shit that i'm just like i can't deal it deal it right now um so speaking of not being able to deal with it right now we're talking mental health yeah 
um how are you doing mentally is this did you this is great you i already guys go listen to steven's podcast because he already just put us back on track we're meant to be talking about (laughs) therapy (laughs) Um, i'm doing fine like i've been physically sick um not covid before anyone is like covid but i mean no i'm fine i'm always like grand 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 Ooh, that knife looks nice grand 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 yeah um so and when i say that i mean like as in sometimes i have like the odd suicidal thought but i think everybody does and like uh yeah i, said, I don't want to i, I love said my that life. on stage one time that i don't even remember it was that if you have not at least thought of suicide then you just don't have imagination right that, like you know what i mean like that you'd have never even like mine would definitely be off something a cliff yeah. or a roof that's... I don't know. I think mine would probably be like, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I've thought about it. Yeah. I've thought about loads of different versions, especially when I've like gone into one of those really like overwhelming things. I like de- fantasize about it, but I wouldn't do it. It's like sure. when you're trying to get off and you're fantasizing about like gangbang, but I never want to <laughs> gangbang. It's just like a sense <laughs> of relief because I don't want to die. I like, sure. and I'm, so I'm obviously not as bad as not even 2% as bad as people who actually go through it that I can't imagine just being like, I need a void. That's like, and that's what it is. I think, I think it's just being like, I need the void. I can't deal with either the feelings or whatever situationships that they're dealing with or situations. Sorry. Um, so it's just awful. I think that I've had like, it would just be nice to be dead for a day. Like just, (laughs) just give me a day and then I'll pop back. That's Which, what depression is. I know. It's like just being like, I can't get up. I can't sleep. I can't do anything. I, or no, I mean, I can't wake up. I can't do anything. I feel like that's what it is. And I'm being feel dead like for a couple of days. There are much healthier ways to deal with it than that thought process. But um, I, I've been trying to meditate more and I've been doing a lot of breath work stuff. Yeah. So one of the things, so I had just started therapy like, seven sessions in where two of them were the worst experiences of my life. The other five new, new, uh, therapists. But one of the things that, um, I was saying was like when really bad thoughts invade my brain, very often my knee jerk response is like, think about why this is good. And, and somehow that'll cancel out the bad, which then just kind of creates like a chaos in my brain of like, all of these invasive thoughts being like, you know, you're not good enough for this, all this stuff. And then trying to repeal it with good thoughts just creates this chaos where he was like, yo, what you should do is just some breathing exercises where you're trying not to think of anything as opposed to trying to just stir up all this, I don't know, mud in the water, so to speak. But so the, his was you breathe in deep for, hold for seven breathe out slow eight and so like we don't have to do it because we only have so much time but um but breathing in deep for holding the breath for seven then letting out eight and you can do holding the breath longer and you can do the going out slower um is a very new tool that has been like a game changer yeah um just breathing it's mad isn't it? it's fucking so silly that breathing's the most basic thing but it's something that you don't really concentrate on and like very often like i'll catch myself if i'm very stressed very 
anxious. I'm like, oh, my breaths are getting shallower. Yeah. Um, and just the power of just a very deep breath is, yeah, it's a game changer, baby. I like the idea, too, of no thoughts. So I find for me, just zoning out helps a lot. Just kind of going, uh, like, go for a walk or go for a shower or... I like watching TV because it takes me out a little That's bit. For sure. Or going to a coffee shop and reading a book. I find actually this is going to sound. And so I, my mental health was like dodge from a kid. Like I remember being like really tormented with a lot of stuff. And it, it makes sense from the environment I was in. But I noticed over the past few years when I'm reading a book, I'm less overwhelmed with my thoughts because True. like sometimes on the train you that's where you can just be a bit like oh, what's going on uh or and just reading a book helps and it takes it's like a form of escapism that you don't feel that guilty for because True. i always feel like i don't know why but people always told us books were good for you so <laughs> it, it yeah. feels like i'm doing a healthy escapism well and i guess like it I am still so, so new to the meditation thing. But if the thought is to have like, sometimes it's like you want nothingness in your brain, but sometimes it's just kind of um, channeled thought, like one channel as opposed to a million channels all talking at once. Yeah. And I think that there's something meditative about reading a book that makes you focus on this yeah. one storyline. Um, and it helps calm down that chatter quite a bit. Um, but it's like, it's all this shit that like, I know, I know a lot of the things that will help my mental health. And I know reading, I should be reading before bed instead of watching TV until fucking three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but I, I love that. I know. And I fucking, well, you also have to remember we're on a different time schedule to other people. Well, I so also have night like, workers. But I also have this company that I need to be putting in like eight hours a day. And so, you know, like today. That's a lot. I know, and then you go out and do comedy, and so that's always been my, uh, my thing's always been fucking like my first three years of comedy. I was traveling like ninety percent for work, um, so I was just always doing comedy after I'd been in meetings all day and just some random, just open mic in Blacksburg, Virginia. I mean, it's absolutely insane what we do do, and for other people who are in similar, um. Anybody who's working, I'm not working full time. Like I do because of, of comedy, but I was. I was working six days a week and trying to do comedy. And I, and there's lots of other people in who are working at, as an accountant, but really want to, you know, open a yoga studio. So they're doing free yoga classes. At, sure. Like there's lots of other, or even some back home, some, what some of the Gaelic footballers do is mental. So they literally work full time and then they're training two or three times a week and then going back to their home, like traveling back to their hometown to do that and then traveling back in the morning sunday mornings to play games all for free especially the women i don't think yeah. they got paid at all um so even if you're just like in a dedicated sport it's what we all try to do now as a society is fucking mental and that's why yeah. the pandemic was nice to be like slow the fuck down everybody i feel that but also even when i was like working full time it was so necessary to be focusing on something i did love doing Oh yeah, and, true. And sometimes I need to remind myself about comedy. It's like, like it's it literally like a mantra I'll have in my head. Like, I sometimes going to shows can feel like errands, and sometimes before a show, I'm just like, "Fuck, I really, really can't do this right now." And like our show on Mondays, sometimes I really <laughs> can't. 
but sometimes it's just this mantra of just like you fucking love comedy so shut up like so shut up yeah but monday's not comedy i know (sighs) that's like some sort of other thing um but so i guess the main reason why i had you come onto the pocket oh actually while i remember this i don't like jim carrey and before anybody messages me and gets mad at me like i know he's fine in like the movies but i don't i don't he's not i'm not like a big fan of his Mm. um but he had this clip and it said depressed means deep rest and you gotta listen to your body and let yourself like sometimes you just overdo it i thought that was interesting anyway i asked you on because you're you started going to therapists and you have some really wild yeah stories and so okay so we have a bit of an insight of why you started going to therapy and then obviously you have a mental childhood too more than anybody i've ever met um sorry that's okay it is wild it's okay i was there for it i know okay i love (laughs) you um and so it is a really good idea for you to go to therapy but it's been a bit of a nightmare you're trying to find the right therapist that fits sure can you share some of those stories yeah yeah so um growing up i've had i've had 23 friends die and in the last year it's become 24 and 25 um and so a lot of it is heroin gangs dui military just kind of just really run the gamut of death and so growing up i always had to give the eulogies and so i also like like hosted the after parties and we were so young that we didn't know the name for it was wake not after parties so like we just like had after parties after wedding or after funeral seat and this is a whole thing uh i keep on mixing the word funeral and wedding and it's this weird freudian slip that i have that like i'm trying to we'll talk about it in a second but growing up anybody anytime people were getting together that was a funeral so like right now we're in wedding season i keep on calling them funerals whatever but so um all of that is a lot to unpack, but because I always had to do the eulogies and take care of the weddings and the after parties, um, kind of developed this stunted emotional ability, right? Because like I was never able to be a wreck. Like I had to take care of everybody. Right. And so I had to take care of the families and, and to a certain extent, you know, like not like I was, financially supporting them like i would just you know show up at the house see how everybody was doing help with yard work or some shit like that right um and so it kind of developed this uh stunted emotional situation where like i couldn't cry like like there was like 10 years and i probably cried like three times um and so i had done a very good job in my opinion of at that time what was good for me was to tamp it the fuck down you know like one of my best friends we buried him and I had to host this whole party and then the very next morning I flew to Minnesota where I didn't know anybody to start a job like the next day and so like that was my first job out of college and I just you know instead of feeling any emotions just became so fucking good at this job that I didn't care about at all. But so that was always how I would either find somebody that was really hurting and help them, or I would find work and work really fucking hard. And so my fear with therapy was a that drive 
may be taken away because a lot of what fuels it is avoiding some of this emotional baggage. And the other thing was that um, I just didn't want to be told that I was broken. And that was very scary to have to, because you give this human being access to pilot your brain and access to like, this is really what's going on with my brain. And to have that person tell you you're broken was a very scary thought. And so um, I was telling Athir all this, but I was also very scared that I didn't, I just didn't want like a professor. I didn't want to be like a case study and I didn't want to be treated as such. And I was telling it that, and she was like, well, I know this therapist that's, like, super unprofessional. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, yeah, yeah, hit me with that unprofessional shit. And so um, she was she was as advertised. She was, she was all pro at being unprofessional. She was all pro unpro. <laughs> she was so – but, but she's a qualified therapist. Yeah, yeah, she's a qualified therapist. Um, I don't know – What who, qualifies you to be a therapist, though? Um – I don't know, but whoever qualified her did not sit in on any of <laughs> our interactions. Because within within two hours of first interacting via text, I was like, oh, no. Like, But it, it's this thing that – so I, I do this thing where I don't know if it's a healthy thing for a brain to do. But when I know I have to do a thing – I will put a stake down like in my own brain and be like, don't let any of your intruding thoughts derail this, right? Like, like if it's maybe it's a fitness goal or maybe it's like, uh, you know, I often do like sober third sober January and I'm just like, no matter what, don't let any of the thoughts. And so I kind of put that mental stake down for therapy and I was just like, whatever the fuck happens, you're going to therapy. This is good. This is something that you have to do. It's going to be uncomfortable. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Was, you know, that's how I talk to myself. And so um, she, I send her my insurance information after a couple volleys back and forth with text. And I send her my insurance information. And an hour later, she sends me a screenshot of a Facebook picture of her as a 19-year-old girl on the beach with a guy that is also a 19-year-old boy on the beach. And before I can even respond, she sends, like, a Word document worth of text. And and it was iPhone to iPhone, so, like, I didn't see her type, which meant that she had written it all into notes, proofread it, copied and pasted it, and blah, threw it into, <laughs> threw it into my text. So there were so many steps that she should have understood what was happening what does the message say the message in short said this is us 10 years ago when you said that you loved me oh god but as you see in the screenshot you didn't even like the picture okay well so already if i were her therapist i would be like do not because i'm presuming she meant to send this to a boyfriend yeah of 10 years ago okay so already uh I'm not a therapist, and I, if it was a friend, they'd be like, do not send that message. Of course. Of so you can course. have this woman give you therapy if she's... But I was telling you, my brain, I had that stake down. I still went and saw her. I was like... Did she explain that she didn't mean no, to send it well, to you? Well, so, so 
there was so much more in the text, but basically it was, um, clearly you never loved me. And Jesus. the second part was, this is how great I'm doing. Jesus. Which clearly if, you're doing great if right? you're contacting if you, someone if you from ten ever, years ago. If you ever run into an ex and that ex immediately starts gunning with like, "This is how good I'm doing. This is how good I'm doing. This is these are all the things." You know they're not doing well. Yeah. And the worst thing that you can say to that person is, "I'm so happy for you. That's great." The worst thing that because when that person starts yeah, yeah. vying for like, "Yo, check how good yeah, I'm yeah. doing," and you just so true. Just, just give a nice like, "That's nonchalant." I'm so happy for you. And the best way to show your ex you're doing well is by never contacting yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, and so the 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 student had become the pupil at that point in time, <laughs> and so now I'm like, because I have, I'm like, like empathetic to a fault where I need to help whoever's hurting. And so now I'm like, oh shit, like now I've got to advise this therapist. And she sends a message like two hours later that just says, whoops, wrong channel. That's it. That's the only explanation. I still went to therapy the wrong next week. Channel. That's what she said. That's what she said. Wrong channel. And so I went to therapy the next week. She doesn't even know words. Well, she's Brazilian. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Um, I'm sorry, but, but not to not <laughs> to the ex- she's her English is is great, but that whatever there was, um, <sighs> but I the whole week I was like, you, you should not see like in my head I was like, you should not see this lady. She's clearly mentally unwell, but like looking for a therapist is just such a fucking process. It's like it's like dating. Like you're just like you settle. Like you're just like it, I went through so much. To find somebody that I can Did even... Did you, though? What? Did you go through that much to find someone? Because it sounds like you just asked our friend, and this is the first person you got. So... This, sure. It's, and it sounds but like the effort be, to... But before before that, before the conversation, I had gone on whatever the website is, uh, Therapy Today or whatever it's called, and this person didn't take my insurance, this person didn't okay. really align... I will say that that process was probably a 30 minute process. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I cause we, we all do that where we're like, oh, I just taste it. It's like, you know, it, it's always like a procrastinating excuse not to, to get the help. We I need. know, but it was I, I, <laughs> here. I have not gotten a therapist guest and every single listener and everybody in the world tells me to do it. So I'm the same, like the thought of even trying better help. I'm like, that's exhausting. It's a lot, man. Cause it's like, you have to just like be comfortable opening up to this human being. And there's part of me that's a, um, it's almost like this snobbiness of like, when I was in college, we had a child soldier come to school and talk about like all the like death that he's seen. And all I could think was like, I got him beat. Like I got, like I got him beat. Like I got more death right now. There's not a dry eye in this auditorium of sophomores in college. Yeah. And I, that was all I was like, which is fucking it for it. First off, just that it, it's fucked up that that is uh, true, but it's also just this like, how warped was your brain at that point in time that like you almost wore that death as a badge of honor because well, you survived and a lot of your friends the didn't. Only way, yeah, it was the only way to do it. Yeah. Um, and so, well, what happened then? You went to her. I went to her against my better judgment. I went to her 
And I texted her. It, it was a three o'clock situation. I texted her at two forty-five, and I was like, "Yo, the trains are running slow. I'm probably gonna be like five minutes late." She sends me a text back. She's like, "Cool, just come on in. It's at her house. Come on in. Take your shoes off. Wait in the living room, and I'll be right out." Dope. And I'm like five ten minutes late. All right, and she said, "Text when you get there." Um, take my shoes off. Text her, and I see in this pitch black room just the phone light up and make a little text notification noise and i was like word she must be upstairs or something because like i've never been here maybe um she's upstairs she's away from her phone but i i i shoot her another text five minutes later and then i call and i and it's and it's her phone so i'm just like all right well she's clearly not by her phone but i didn't want to go upstairs because i wasn't sure if that was the neighbor's place so i call a theater and i'm talking to her in the middle of the living room and i'm talking to her loudly just like yo 25 minutes late already and, and i'm just sitting in my first fucking therapy session that i the whole time i was like you just fucking leave just fucking yeah. leave and i was like no stay she comes out and she's like this is part of the therapy yeah right, right. <laughs> she was she's just sitting out in the front in a lawn chair From like miyagi was that his name who's that from karate karate i can't even say karate karate kid miyagi Oh, uh, Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It's like a Miyagi move. Um, She's like, you terrorized yourself. It was her... What? What? Still, it's weird to process because it still happened like, like not that long ago. But she... I finally just yell her name. <sighs> just say her name very loud because we're 35 minutes now. Yeah. And I hear her in that pitch black room <sighs> rustling. Cause she had been asleep the whole fucking time. So somehow she had fallen asleep at be- between two forty five and three ten, and was drugs? so asleep. Well, we'll get there, but so asleep that she couldn't hear me talk to my friend on the phone. She couldn't hear me all this stuff until I yell pops out of bed. She says, Steven, what the, he- you're 35 minutes late. And I was like, I'm not 35. I've been here. Like you've been asleep. She's like, Oh, that's so embarrassing. Okay, well, we have a hard stop at four, so let's just get into it. Okay, for, so she gaslighted you straight mm-hmm. away. She right. was like, you're late. Right. Oh, my God, this is the worst therapist. Right. <sighs> and this is this is the bitch that I'm going to let pilot my brain for a little while. And so, um, so she's like, we got a hard stop at four. And then so she just kind of like is like, all right, we'll just kind of get into it. And so my opening first, you know, 10 minutes off the top, she's texting to try to bump the next appointment okay. so that she can get time. But she doesn't hear any of the shit that I'm saying. Um, but she's just kind of like, I just start going into, I was like, yo, this thing, I have all these friends that have died. I don't know how it all negatively affects me, but I know that I don't have the same emotional bandwidth that, uh, or wavelengths that some people do. And I'd like to experience that. And so um, she, she she did have some gems where she was like, you date people that show their trauma um, because you have done so much to not show the outside world your trauma that you are very empathetic and very can uh, identify those very quickly and you're attracted to it. And so you do a lot of trauma bonding in your relationships was like all right word that was that was strong and then she uh that was kind of her like fadeaway jump shot right that was like her last thing that she said and i was just like okay 
that whole front part must be an anomaly. You know, Athea said she's unprofessional, but like clearly she's not sleeping 35 minutes unprofessional. That was an anomaly. She got one gem in the first session. And I was just like, all right. Well, it's- did you pay as if it was an hour? Oh, yeah. Oh, Steven. Well, uh, Let me she, be did, your- she did She did bump the next person. So we did 45 minutes as opposed to an hour. Okay. But still. I know. She should be giving it to you for free. I know. But the Jeez. the next session, the next session was way crazier where she uh, she was on time, but she's visibly very ill. Like, just very sick. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and I'm in this lady's house. And I was just like, yo, like, are you good? And she was like, yeah, I'm just I'm just congested. Jesus. And and so, or super sick. And I was just like, yo, what's good? She's like, I'm congested. And then she goes on. I'm condensing a 15-minute story of me being on the clock. But she goes right off the and just starts talking for 15 minutes. And she says, the reason I'm congested is because I had a late night dentist appointment last night. Which is impossible. Which they gave me Oxycontin for. There's no late night dentist appointments. I don't know if there's late night places to get Oxycontin either that are legal. And then... <laughs> she go down an alleyway where it just says dentist. Right, yeah, right. Just somebody back alley drilling a hole in her teeth. But she... But she, shouldn't, she should cancel the appointment. I am getting a toe surgery on Monday. Or they asked me to do it on Wednesday, and I had a show. So I said, no, I'll do it Monday. You, you plan. You cancel. I think a more analogous uh, comparison would be if the person doing surgery on your toe had eaten a bunch of Oxycontin the night before. <laughs> that person shouldn't be doing surgery on oh, your Wait, she was saying the dentist ate Oxy? No, no, no. So She uh, ate Oxy. She ate Oxy because the dentist gave it to her after the surgery, the late night, oh, yeah. Thursday night surgery that she like. This woman's full of shit. It's, it's like in the back of a club. I don't know. But so she, um, but then she lost that Oxycontin at the pawn shop while she was trying to pawn off her engagement ring. And, and yeah. And, and then she goes into like, doesn't even take a beat to like, let me. Oh my God. I think I dated her her ex no really just because i dated a guy from brazil he oh no never mind he used to do therapy i was in my head in the story in my head was his ex used to do therapy and there was all this like wild stories wait did he did she and did they meet in there was something to do with therapy they met i think either he was a therapist or she was a therapist there's no they they could both be therapists and then they moved here and then they I broke up and I'm he told me like this wild story. He was also wild. I just went on three dates with him. I wonder if that's the same person. Maybe not though. <laughs> <laughs> um, um wait, so what happened then? She's still she's on the oxy no, she lost the oxy because she, she lost Oxycontin she, because she was at the pawn shop pawning off her engagement ring. Again and in the middle of the night. Again, this is all after the dentist appointment. The late night dentist appointment. <laughs> and so then she uh she's clearly got like i grew up around heroin like she's got Mm. she's fiending like 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 as she keeps talking i'm like oh like she had like these tremors and she had and i i guess it's it's okay obviously i would never name her but this is just what happened but um and so she's just got these like tremors going and so then um 
she, without taking a beat to let me like process what she had just said, she's like, how much do you think this ring is worth? And she puts a ring in my face and because you're such a qualified like I have diamond no tier fuck, or whatever they're I'm called. as qualified as a diamond tier <laughs> yeah. as she is a, as a therapist she's like Leonardo DiCaprio right she, oh my god and so she just literally just puts this ring in my face and I have no idea like how to do any of that I was like I don't know what to I don't know this and is she, all on the clock yeah all on the clock and she and uh I was like a five hundred dollars like I like I didn't like I just didn't know like it's, she's hitting me with so much crazy so rapid fire that I'm on my heels like I just don't like I'm just not able to process what's happening and I was like five hundred dollars she's like she's like no this at least six hundred thousand dollars and all they would give me was five hundred dollars and so me and the pawn shop were pretty close actually but um and then she's mad at me for undervaluing the ring and so fifteen minutes in she's like okay well let's talk about you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. That's exactly what you're paying for. Right? And so she's like, um, so you're 23 friends that are dead. I think what would be best is if you took the time to write as much as you can about each of the 23. And I was like, well, that's fucking heavy. But like, it does seem like maybe I would address some of this stuff. And I was like, and I was trying to talk my way through, like, maybe that's a good idea. And before I can even get like three words out, she's like, but then I saw a podcast yesterday and they said, you can't force grief. So we're not going to do that. And I was thinking Reiki. And I was just like, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, Reiki. uh, I think you should do Reiki. What is Reiki? I won't do it justice, but it's like. It sounds like something from Iceland. Checking, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where it's from. Um, but it like checking energy levels with crystal kind of thing. I've heard people say great things about it. I won't shit on it because I just don't know anything about it. But she definitely. Um, I mean, but if you're going to somewhere to check your energy levels or whatever and crystals and stuff that's very different than then going for actual therapy to talk about your problems you're mm-hmm. here to talk you will go to a reiki person if you want to get your energy checked right and get in line with your body and i'm guessing they probably teach you breathing and stuff it's probably along the line of like yoga and all that stuff but you're going there to talk out your shit <laughs> she brings up that's like her going now we're gonna go put on your running shoes we're going for a jog or just what? like a happy ending at the dentist yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um Ew, that would be awful a happy ending at the dentist yeah while your mouth is all numb because i mean that'd be some like i'm sure there's some you know caitlin um or uh she was on the podcast before i can't remember her name but she used to uh be the woman of a, a house i'm not explaining this right where men like the madam madam yeah and oh, specifically word. men go to pay a get sma SMS, SMA? SMS, 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 and the like there was one that was a doctor room or dentist room. Oh wow! So the girl dressed up as a dentist. Very hard to give head under that very heavy X-ray apron. Yeah, I think it's more they want to be hurt. Oh, got I'm it. Like, I'm gonna pull out your tooth. Oh my god! I don't think they really do it, but it's like all role play. Okay, I can appreciate that. I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's something I saw on TV now. I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm mixing up the two stories. It's like, oh, that's the American horror like, story. We listened to that episode. That never happened. Right. Right. Yeah, it's an American horror story. <laughs> um, so what happened then? So she's... You're, you, so you, she, she asks... Oh, um, she says they're to the Reiki. 
Yeah, she. so she's like... Did you do the Reiki? Yeah, I mean, like, look, <laughs> you kind of just give a therapist... <laughs> you give a therapist this, like, this... You want to just turn your brain off for, like, an hour and just and, and trust that this person t- piloting your brain will stick the landing. And so, like, I just kind of, like, was... It took me so long to, like, pro... Like, it took me until that night to even, like, really like understand the play-by-play of what actually happened because like she's like so we should do reiki and she's like so can you get the reiki table and and again i'm paying her and now i'm doing manual labor to set up this like it's like a massage table without the face hole in it right because you lay down it on your back so i'd set it up in the room that's for therapy but for reiki also and she starts like um She's like, oh, I'm going to put on Reiki music. And then she takes a bunch of crystals and she starts going, like, I'm laying on my back and I was like, what should I be doing? She's like, you're just supposed to do nothing and you'll start feeling energy. And so just don't do anything. And I was like, okay, not do anything. I was like, so what should I be thinking? She's like, just don't think anything. I was like, all right, you're not coaching me very well. But so she starts with the crystals and they're jingling all over the place. But I can't tell if those are her fucking tremors. Or, or if that's part of Reiki, she also seems like a seance. You can, like, right, see your it was, it, was, it had friends. it had that vibe for sure. Um, and so she back and forth for about about two minutes of just kind of jingling crystals, and I'm just like, and I keep asking, I was just like, should I should I be like, is there like a mantra? What should I? She's like, right now I'm just doing like energy reading. And I was like, okay, and she's like, oh my god, the reiki music and so she takes her phone and she puts the speaker right next to my ear hole my left ear and she just puts meditation music on like full blast in my ear just one ear is just getting just like (laughs) i mean it feels like you're being punished i don't i don't know what's happening like i'm just laying there and i have no idea what the fuck's happening and so she she then she goes above like to the head of the table and like puts her hands on my forehead like this. And again, I ask, like, what should be happening? She's like, you're going to start feeling some heat coming out of your forehead soon. Did you? No. <sighs> Fucking no. And she did it for 10 minutes. She just held her hands there. 10 minutes goes by and she goes, actually, I'm too sick for Reiki. Can you pick the table back up and put it back where it was? And so then we stop Reiki. And so now we're, now <laughs> we've burnt another 20 minutes with Reiki. So if you're counting at home, that's 15 up top talking about how somebody stole her Oxycontin at the pawn shop while she was pawning off her engagement ring. And then another 20, 25 minutes with botched Reiki. Um, and so then she fucking closes it up and she's like, so what? So she's like, she, we close up the table. I put it away. I sit down and she's like, so what do you want to talk about? And I was like, okay, I'm overwhelmed with work, I guess. And she was like, no, you know what? Actually, I wanted to say, it's going to take you at least three to four years before you can ever emotionally connect to a human being ever again. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, that was like I said up top, like that was what I was most fearful of a person telling me. Yeah. Like, she's like, I recommend you go to two or three sessions a week and for three or four years before you'll ever scratch the surface of ever be able to emotionally connect with a human being. Yeah, she's a con artist. 
I don't. She I just don't, seen how much random shit you will do and still pay her. And then she was like, oh, I've got this guy on the hook four years. And then she's like two or three. She was, she was not. She was just not well. I mean, and and it was and no. Was, I don't agree with using an excuse not well when she's taking your money. Sure, sure, it's true. Well, I, she must be doing something right with other people that she still has a license. Um, I will say that. Uh, I guess I probably shouldn't say that, but um, because there has been more complaints. This I is think, wild. I think I don't think I'm the only person that has. Uh, this is wild. This is like someone just walking into a police station and then you coming in and being like, I got robbed. And there's someone just dressed up in a Halloween costume being like, I'm the police. Yeah, right. Let me help you. Except you, what you have need to pay. To do. <laughs> yeah, well, you, yeah, exactly. This is, um, uh, I don't know. It's a con artist to me. Well, and then so that was her fadeaway jump shot again where she was like, you didn't do it one more time. You're broken. Steven? No, no, no. That was the last class. The last <laughs> session or whatever the fuck. Um, and you're not broken. Since I've started the therapy journey, all the things that I'm scared that I'm scared would happen have been happening. Where yeah. it's a lot of, you know, trudging up stories of really fucked up death, yeah. and that coupled with all of the things that are going around right now. Yeah. Um, it is very much a process of tearing a Band-Aid off to decide to address all sorts of childhood trauma in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but I think a lot of people for the first time got to address their childhood trauma in the pandemic because sure. they had time to kind of go, oh, sure. you know, why am I like this? Why am I, do I handle this in this situation? Or you could, they got time to think about things. For sure. And I I don't know if it's because I now kick it with more comics, but I have found more of more of a like we're all not doing well, yeah. <laughs> more so than ever. And maybe it's because I'm deep in my own valleys right now that I'm a little bit more sensitive to seeing that other people are. Um, maybe that's it. Can I ask you? And this is me just pulling this out of my arse. But do you think so because you didn't get to grieve or it happened so continuously and then it just became a part of life, especially since it happened, it started happening when you were a child. It's just nor It's kind of what your normal is. Yeah. Um. So there's like a you're worried about a base level, but I think more it's just that, that your body is is set. It's like uh, you have more tolerance of of sad things so what is it that you think i don't think that you're broken i think you just have a higher tolerance of i've it took me a couple weeks to be able to say like oh that was these are the rantings of a crazy bitch oh yeah do you know what i mean like it's not broken but it took a while because it was just like she's broken she just knew (laughs) not that she like went for my jugular, but like that was just the exact thing. That's why I, I think she's a con artist because she said something. It's like in a, it's like when you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, they pick your insecurities so that you keep coming back. Like, sure. oh god, they've seen it, but they sure, want to sure. deal with it and they want to that. And that's yeah, it, that's why I'm like this woman is like a well, shark. It was also this thing that Frankie said when I told her about it. She was like. Yeah, rewind back to the first interaction. Like yeah. she's just projecting all this shit that she's still dealing with with her ex-boyfriend on you. Um, yeah. And keep in mind, she's 
married, I believe, like to somebody completely different. So it was just this really weird. No, this woman is out of this world. This is like, did you go to a different therapist? I did. And you're I having did. a good. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a good go at that. Um, basically, I started doing the thing that she asked with the going into every friend and starting to like write on them. Did you find that helpful? Painful as fuck. Yeah. Um, I think I'm still not far enough removed from it to know what the benefit will be. Um, there is all sorts of shit that's been happening in my head over like, I used to have recurring nightmares of uh, speaking at other people's funerals yeah. where, cause it was happening so often that I, the recurring dream was talking to a group in a church, take a turn to the left and you know, that big old portrait that they always put, it'll always just be, yeah. somebody else wow. um, that's really hard yeah and what what is it though how do you think it's a fa- what was like the, the thing that made you think i need to go to therapy over this like obviously that's a reason to go to therapy but why is it that you think it's affecting your relationships or your life because i've never seen you and this is an outside perspective of a friend as being someone who's not like empathetic or uh emotion i like i think you it's not an empathy thing it's not a lack of empathy because i'm very very aware of how people are feeling around yeah like um, when i I say empathetic i mean you don't seem closed off with your emotions or closed off to have new friends or i i am very empathetic and understanding of what other people are going through i will never feel that not that I never will, just I never would also feel that emotion, right? I wouldn't cry. The best things can happen to me and I'll just... Oh, so you're like baseline. Yeah. I don't know what the word for that is, but it's like it's you're kind of sociopathic. No, I mean... Or not, I guess not sociopathic. I don't know what it is. Okay, well, I have a small theory that again, all these are always out of my arse for anybody listening. But you know when you're hurt by something and you get hurt multiple times, um, it's you become kind of numb. Sure. So for people who date uh, keep dating abusive people they're it's kind of they're normal they're used to it they're numb to it so for you to not grieve 25 people you're probably just running on a bit of a numb level with your emotions maybe and so yeah it is it what's scary about it is i know that that armor whatever you want to call it has gotten me to where i am and without it like there's not a lot of people back home that are doing okay. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. You're not on drugs. You've <laughs> right. made a great life for yourself. Sure. I guess, yeah, so maybe it is the time to start. But it, yeah. It... But also, if you're not also ready, don't like her saying the right, all that stuff. That's a law. But I will never be ready. Yeah, true. I will never be ready. And God willing, inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, things are about to get crazier and things are going to get bigger. And I do very much believe that that is going to happen in the not too distant future. And then it's going to be even less of an opportune time to deal yeah. with my shit. And so like, it is just kind of this thing of like, you know, it's letting the dishes pile up, yeah. you know, and just like, and if you keep letting the dishes pile up, it's going to get fucking gross and eventually you're going to have to clean it, but it's going to fucking smell bad and it's going to like, you know what I mean? um i know exactly i it's interesting because and i obviously haven't had your experience but i do feel a bit of that numbing feeling a lot sometimes like 
I love my life and I have a good time and stuff but sometimes I'm like should I be feeling more happy here or more sad by or sometimes I feel like an actor I'm like oh this should annoy me so I'm annoyed by this sure and I don't think we're sociopaths I think it's just more of a it's how however you you uh overcome came something it's how yeah. you survived without falling apart right and that's that's what's scary is like can i maintain that armor i'll use the, that word again can i maintain that armor while still allowing these other emotions to take part in the whole process what does your new therapist say what are their antidotes for it um he still he kind of does this thing of like a 50 50 of like go back into all this childhood trauma and now what's happening today um or like happening now with you because i have a tendency of when i'm not doing well i work harder i have two companies now and and you know frankie and i are starting this podcast oh shout out to that the nonprofits podcast every thursday on msw media but um what is msw they are a social impact facing oh so it's not podcast. on spotify or anything like that it is yeah yeah oh, okay, they're great. a podcast network okay i understand yeah, yeah great perfect sorry now go ahead yeah yeah um I, through the pandemic, especially, like, I was just, like, I would find more and more work projects to do to not focus on. You just don't shit. let yourself sit. And that's one thing I think Brendan said it on the podcast or, and it's something his therapist has told him, or maybe he said it to me privately, but was to sit in whatever emotion you're feeling. So instead of, like, going, I need to clean the glasses on the window now because my, my, it's just let it happen and I'm just kind of. Yeah. Well, be like phone. i'm sad the phone is just this adult pacifier you know what i mean like so true anytime if if i speak for myself when i'm looking at instagram more often is i am usually in a more uncomfortable mindset that i don't want to deal with and so like if i'm looking at instagram or if i'm just fucking like there's so many things to look at on this fucking mm -hmm. phone and so if I catch myself looking at my phone more often, the two things that I like catch myself is if, if I start hating on somebody, Oh yeah. Just for, you know, whether it's warranted or not, if I just out of the blue, just start being like, you know, fuck that guy for blah, 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 blah. That shouldn't concern me. That is this person doing this fucking thing. And whether he's a piece of shit or not, you should still be content with yourself. If I catch myself doing that a lot, I know I'm in a bad headspace. If I'm on the phone a lot, I know I'm on a, in a bad headspace. And so those are the two things that I'm like. Well, what is your plan going forward? Just keep going. To How long have you been in therapy now with the new guy? How did you find the new guy? Through a website. But you'd still recommend to people to go to therapy. For sure. I mean, anything worth doing is going to suck doing it do you know what i mean like not that it's gonna suck doing it but it's like six work anything that mm. is worth doing uh, you, it's gonna be hard you know i had this um i was supposed to give this ted talk that i didn't do and the very long and short of it was i was talking about like changing economic systems through business models that had social impact and financial incentive and like artistic incentive into 
blended into the business model. And the whole conversation is about like, how do you change economic systems? Yeah. And their note, it was a bunch of children, like, you know, 19, 20 year old people. Sorry if that offends a 19 or 20 year old child. But um, their note was, you need this to sound easier and nobody's going to do it if, you make it sound like it's this much work. And I was like, I'm literally talking about changing economic systems. It's going to be so much work and it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Like, you know what I mean? Like I hope that I can plant some seeds on like how these business models work. And I hope that I can have enough success to make case studies that people, but it's never going to happen in my lifetime. It's going to be so much work. And they're like, yeah, we hear that. And it's such a good talk. Could you just take all the parts out about it being hard work? And I was like, I can't. Like, I just won't. But do also, that. what's the problem with that? Things are hard work. Everything is anything that's worth doing right. is hard work. But a lot of people don't like that message, right? Like, there's anymore. What's that? Anymore. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, people. It. No matter what your hustle is, if you're hustling hard at it, there will always be somebody that's like, how many times have you heard somebody say like, oh, I was gonna do, to- I was gonna do comedy, but x y and z it's like yeah dog like i had life too like you know like i had all like i've currently have so much life that is going on around me that makes being a comedian very very difficult but a lot of people just see they're like oh it'd be so nice to be on that stage and it's like yeah but that stage took me eight years to get to yeah but there's also people who are i think about this i love what i do and i love comedy and so sometimes when people when i do share about like you know, certain aspects of things that I grew up with, they're like, oh my God. And I'm always like, well, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing comedy for it. If I had like a normal, healthy upbringing, I don't think I I probably wouldn't have even left the country. I don't think I would have had that sense of adventure or maybe just went to see. I think I would have been fine with just going to work, coming home, watching TV. And like now I love what I do. But when I look back, I think there was, because even when I was an artist, I was always like, I had something to prove. I was working on that. Like, who the fuck was I trying to prove it to? And again, I wouldn't have the skill level if I didn't do that. But now my, for me, my, like my get better process is chill the fuck out. You know, you're going to get there when you get there. It's a marathon, not a race, all that bullshit. I'll still do the hard work, but there is something for people who just have to work 17 jobs and uh you know like let's say you have some comedians who do like four open mics a night and that's actually sometimes more destructive than it is productive but i think a lot of it is to do with like not thinking even people who smoke weed every night you just need to like not think about what you're doing everybody has their it becomes a vice um and i think it's not being able to deal with any emotion or sadness and what I've learned and what's helped me is just being like, because I get really sad and I'm really happy and people are like, oh my God, Katie's so happy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ha- what you're seeing because I'm not going to just start crying in front of you. Right. Um, and what I've learned is to just li- like live in that, in that feeling. So yeah, I'm, I'm sad most morning I wake up. Like I wake up like with a hit of like what feels like regret or depression sometimes. It, it's happening less and less that I've accepted it, which is interesting. Um, And I would just kind of sleep it all, like go back to sleep or go out and get fresh air or get up and like have a shower. And that really helps. But uh, also just being like, this is it. This what is- do you do to force yourself out of bed? 
Um, I mean, at like 1 or 2 p.m. <laughs> um, because I don't have a day job. Uh, so if I'm feeling really low, I just go back to sleep. But it's more just I have things to do. So like comedy and stuff. Yeah. But my point is I'm not denying it. I'm like, I feel like shit. I feel sad. And that's it. And ever since I've started being like, I feel sad and it will pass. It's just for the morning time in the afternoon or the evening. I'll feel better. It's passed quicker. So like the pandemic oh, was really good for me for dealing yeah. with that because I couldn't busy myself. I couldn't, I had to sit in it a bit more and I feel like that's been really helpful. Also letting myself get upset. I was like you too. I wouldn't, there's something about feels like a week or I don't like feeling like a victim. Like even sometimes when I tell people what went on in my childhood um, and everybody's extent is different. Like Jesus, I don't have fucking 25 friends who's dead, but they feel bad for you and all of a sudden I feel bad that they feel bad and I'm like I'm fine I'm doing great I'm right, to right. do I start dancing around the kitchen um but also just like letting yourself get upset or you know like having a good cry um and being okay with that that that's not like a you know like to be like oh that was shit do you find that that thought process of sitting in it coupled with the moving away from I've got something to prove do you find that it has done anything to your drive to do what we're doing no because I still want to do it and I still love it and I still do it every night and I still perform um but if anything it makes you be more constructive about your time I think I was overdoing it and I yeah. think you can overdo things if you don't take space away or be with friends or exercise or, you know, take time for yourself or time with your partner. And you're just doing the one thing over and over and over and over again. You're not able. You need to step back and you need to live life and you'll be better at it. I mean, I think for the first few years, for anyone who wants to start comedy, yeah, you got to do a ton of open mics. You got to do it all the time. If you want to get good fast, fine with anything. If you want to get good fast, you probably have to just put in double the time and double yeah. the effort. I'm not. But I mean, at some point, it is okay to be like, uh, also, when I say like I'm sitting in the moment of being sad, I'm not sitting in my, you know, curled in a dark corner being like, I'm not getting up to eat today. I'm like going and getting on the train, but I'm not like giving myself a hard time about it and not being like, you should be. And that is a thing in in our world now that it's you should be happy. You should be fixed. You should go to therapy and you should get fixed. Not everything is perfect. Not everything is going to be happy all the time. Not everything is going to be sad all the time i just think letting people should know that things come in waves yeah sure i've become better at there's still a part of my brain that i don't want to mute right and that part of the brain is the work like you know just like just yeah but you won't you won't like you you like you love it and okay well i love the comedy part of it running a company i'm not i mean but it's what you're doing is impossible you are trying to do, if anything, it should mute, Stephen. Um, because you are trying to do like three different careers full time and excel at three of them. And when you're trying to, okay, so let's say there's 24 hours in a day. There's a reason why people are meant to work 40 hours a week. A lot of people work 60 hours. But you're working 60, 70 hours at each of these jobs. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. So you just have to choose. It was like me. I was bartending um, and working at this sales place and doing stand-up comedy at night and doing the podcast. And it's like, okay, what is my priority? I'm not here. to. I'm not also here to make a ton of money. Like, okay, sure. I would love to make it off stand-up, but if you don't 
put the time into what you love you won't so I just work part-time and I do stand-up at night now right now I only work one or two days a week and I do the patreon the podcast and stand-up at night and I can see the clouds from the sky or whatever that fucking saying is much better than before before I was making the same mistakes mistakes repeating them I didn't have time for myself even this summer I made myself sick but it's because I was running around a bit too much so I still had to address that but for you you need to choose because is the company helping towards your comedy yes I mean because it's not just comedy right the the goal is always to be I want to be great at comedy but I also have a very unique skill set and understanding of how to make an impact through fundraising yeah so you do the fundraising and you do your one show a night and you take a night off. You take Sunday off. You don't do fucking nothing on Sunday. Right. But then I have the corporate company thing, the corporate show company thing, but that's what's currently paying my bills. Yeah. And so. You just the, have to sit down and be like, prioritize. I know. You can't do it all. That's I it. Know. It's and impossible. What, It'll make you. And not doing it all doesn't mean you failed. It just means you're being, you, you're only, you only live once. What I'm hoping <laughs> is the holiday seasons when the most like corporate shows happen. If you guys want to get me to focus on comedy and helping people buy a corporate show, we'll fucking let tell your company you want a corporate show. I've been doing so many corporate. We did a hundred and 155 virtual corporate shows and we've done about a dozen or so in person in New York. Yeah, it's great. Um, Still though. But the only reason I'm saying is that, the holiday season's typically where there's a big boom in business. So I'm like praying and hoping that there's a boom enough that I have money to invest into doing the podcast and some of this fundraising work full time. Because um, currently we're talking to Kellogg's. We have a partnership with Lululemon. We have uh, back and forth with Global Citizen and trying to make some of these big projects happen where we are helping like with the boys and girls club and helping with all these other nonprofits, but I'm doing too much. But I mean, when I got here, I was selling weed cartridges. It's always been a hustle. (laughs) I know. Well, that's I, okay. I just from my experience, I've learned that hustle. Sometimes you're like, who am I doing this for? Who am I proving it to? And you're still going to get there. So if it's affecting your mental health, if it's not giving you the time to like work on your therapy and grief, the grief you need to do or whatever self-work you need to do. Like for me, I'm malnutrition right now. I have low white blood cells. Dermatologist was like, do you think you have HIV? No, I don't fucking have HIV. I know. What the fuck? Um, That's like so scary for him to say that. By the way, I got STD tested a month ago. and He was like, well, we're just going to get another test test. And then I was like worried. I was like, dermatologist said this. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. But I was like, oh my God, I sat in the toilet seat. Do you think of HIV? And I was like freaking out in England. But my point is I just, I ran myself into the ground sure. and I have to start. That's why I'm eating this fucking fruit while we're doing this. Um, at some point you have to be like, your health is important. I know. I'm going to say some sayings that my dad said, send it. I can't remember something about your health because you won't have the wealth when you're dead or something. And then, yeah, yeah. uh, he also said you can't carry stuff on your shoulder. So with your 25 friends, cause I did this with my mother. He was like, cause it was just always there affecting me cause I didn't deal with it. He was like, you're carrying your mother around your shoulder. He did some like, some sort of, someone came into the police station and gave them all a big 
uh, speech on how to be managers and like good managers and they said that you can't bring your problems into work you carry them around on your shoulder you got to leave them at the door and he was saying I was doing that with like life and letting it affect me I can't really remember where I'm going with this there's but a, my point is confu- oh sorry go well yeah you have to deal with it I guess and address it and then take it off your shoulder I, I don't there's, know um, a Confucius Confu- it, I, I will butcher it a little bit but if you use the same if you use the same foundation to build a new house you'll build the same house is essentially the so gist let's of it destroy our houses and anyway the point is go to therapy and <laughs> don't uh, don't go if she's being mental no, like the other girl good. New, new guys, guys good new guys good new so guys you got to shop around is that and you feel good and maybe we'll have you back on in a few months and see how you're doing cool um tell the people where to find you because i'm sweating my tits off here. i'm so hot um oh yeah i don't even know if i said stephen campbell uh stephen campbell comedy on instagram and be sure to check out the nonprofits podcast um uh, every thursday starting in october me and Frankie French, we talk to different nonprofits about specific social issues and the work they're doing to alleviate those social issues. It is also a fundraising platform where we are able to raise money to support different organizations doing the work. Um, first guess, we're talking domestic violence. Then we are talking um, environmental issues. We have had Black Lives Matter of New York on the Sierra Club, all sorts of cool nonprofits. Um that was a longer thing that needed to be said, but that's um, what I got. And before people go, I'll just read out a couple of stories where I've made therapists cry before. If you want to hear stuff about that, did not click on that. Uh, just the usual go for a walk and eat a banana bullshit. I only that's bullshit. I'm telling you, go for a walk really helps. My friend oh, yeah. was really upset and she was like, and she was like, I'm in this depression. I was like, have you gone outside yet? Go up onto your roof. Yeah. Which actually might not have been the best advice. Now that I think yeah. about it. <laughs> but she went outside and she messaged me going, that was actually really helpful. Just getting fresh air. Sometimes the air in your apartment, you're just feeling yeah. claustrophobic. Well, especially during the pandemic, I was like, oh shit. Like I would catch myself. I was like, yo, you haven't left the apartment for five days. Go the yeah, fuck you out. need to go outside because that, that'll make you brush your teeth. That'll make you put on deodorant. Yeah, right. And then someone said, "Just a therapist not caring." They're always canceling. Oh, see, that's awful. And these are all in response to a story that Katie posted, uh, asking people about For therapy stories, therapy horror stories. therapy stories. And then someone said, "Oh, I don't even understand something about there's no therapist in my area." Oh, that's awful. Sorry. But yeah, so there wasn't a lot of stories in. I did only put it up an hour ago, an hour before the podcast. I'll get better at that. But DM uh, me, a Katie Boyle comic, if you have any therapy stories, because I have a therapist on next week who I found on TikTok. And he does these TikToks where it's called the Therapy Den. And he does TikToks where he says what he wants to really say. They're actually very funny. Um, so I asked him to come on. He's coming on Tuesday. Uh, if you want to watch the video for this on the Patreon, so Patreon forward slash the shift podcast. If you want to see Steven sweaty tits. And oh my God, they really sweated I, now. Yeah, this is not good really color sweaty. for Yeah, Jesus. And um, I put up solo podcasts every week. Uh, la- mo- usually it's just talking about my week and, you know, more personal stuff and what's going on and how I'm dealing with my shit. I actually am going to do a bit about trauma bonding because Dewey sent me a great article. So I'll read that and then just talk about my life as well. Uh, just what it's like living in New York City as a 10% depressed, but 90% doing okay <laughs> comedian uh, who is ill and no white blood cells. So, so, oh, you could donate some white blood cells to me if you'd like. Um, okay, love you. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 